Welcome to Living a Sex Positive Life, where we can guarantee the topic will be about sex. We'll talk about the good and the bad, the health and healing benefits, the adventures, the relationships, as well as the crimes and the tragedies. Our mission is to educate, entertain, and just talk about that touchy subject that affects us all, sex. Now here's your host, Angelique Luna. Good evening, everyone. I'm here tonight with my husband and co-host, John C. Luna. Hello. And tonight we are interviewing Dirty Lola, host of Sex Ed A Go Go. Dirty Lola is a storyteller, sex educator, sex toy peddler, and the creator and host of the live sex Q&A slash go-go show and podcast Sex Ed A Go Go. During the last six years, she has shared her distinctive brand of kick-ass body and sex positivity and her personal journey into the kink and polyamorous lifestyles with the masses on and off the stage. Welcome, Dirty Lola. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for joining us. I always get excited when people's like, yeah, we'll be on the show. I'm like, yes, we got some fun stuff. (laughs) Yay, I'm excited. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, especially like, after seeing your post today about t- getting sex at a go-go for the teens, and I'm thinking we got to get it for all ages. Right. Yes, we do. Like, and that's part of it is because I started it out for adults. So now it's how do I do it um, for teens and do it so that it's cool because I'm not, I'm not cool. Like, I'm not <laughs> cool. <laughs> I'm an old lady, and what I think is cool is probably not that cool, so I have to figure this out and do it right, because they will roll their eyes really hard at you. you Sweetie, you're younger than me. Don't even go there. You are younger than me. (laughs) Well, when you're in the room with, like, um, 16, 17, 18-year-olds, you're you're old. If you're over 25, you're old to them. Well, well, for them, yeah. Anything over, like, 21, it's like, you're super old. I'm just 30. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know. But I think you can do it because I've seen your show several times. Loved them. Absolutely. Very, very entertaining, very educational. I mean, just, you know, maybe tone down the sex toys, but the songs, the dancing, the costumes. I mean, girl, yeah, easily, hands down. I think I think I worry about the go-go bit because it's, you know, how much is too much (laughs) for college. It works just fine. And usually for college, I'm just like, hey, can you wear like booty shorts instead of a thong? And it's fine. And we haven't gotten thrown out of any colleges yet. But for the a slightly younger set, I'm like, do I stick with doing go-go? Do I pick something else to do in the middle? I think that's more my issue. Like, I'm mm-hmm. able to kind of curb myself when it comes to things, especially when I look around and I'm like, oh, you're, y'all are babies. I maybe <laughs> won't say this in front of you. <laughs> and But also, I kind of go by... Um, like the questions that I get Mm -hmm. it's so funny the first time I went to a high school to speak I was so worried about saying the right thing and not going overboard and you know not being inappropriate Mm -hmm. and and somebody asked me about a snowball and I was like well this is out the window I guess I will not be being (laughs) appropriate today (laughs) and you know they they dictated what I did by what they asked because it was you know I wasn't going to stand there and go I can't tell you what I'm like, well, so since you asked, <laughs> yeah. 
Well, that's so, definitely a, a tough a tough crowd to take on. Um, just mm-hmm. j- j- just as far as the risk factors of it, because so many parents. Well, first of all, so many parents think their children are innocent. Was you know that's really usually not the case. I have a sixteen year old daughter, and I have no delusions. But mm-hmm. to go ahead and try a college, I can understand. Uh, yeah, I, I do I, colleges. Mm-hmm. That's been fine. And but they're already like adults, so they can kind of you know make their decisions for themselves, and I don't have to worry so much about backlash from parents. But when you're dealing with under eighteen, that's what I would worry about because also I'm I'm also figuring if it's a fifteen year old, their parent might decide I'm going to come with you, which would be fine. But I need to, I want to make sure that it's received well and not seen as like, oh, you're here to corrupt our children. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Which I'm not. I'm just trying to help them know the right thing. <laughs> See, at that point, I would encourage the parent because then you could corrupt the parent. <laughs> right. Bring your parents. I'll corrupt your parents and everything will be okay. Yes. <laughs> we'll teach them new ways and not that Fifty Shades of Dark shit. <laughs> uh, uh. But that's the kids know all that like they've read Fifty Shades of Grey. These oh, kids have, poor kids! Poor they knew, kids. They knew about Backpage. We had a whole discussion about Backpage and sex work, and I was and like how it was unfair that they took it down and and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh yeah, see, y'all know stuff, and I'm sure your parents would think you wouldn't know anything about this conversation that we just had, but you totally do. Maybe we could do it with puppets. Little go-go dancer puppets. <laughs> I love that. I was thinking pup. Not no. I wasn't thinking puppets, but I was thinking something like um, having somebody teach them go-go steps, like have a little dance or just a dance break led by a performer, mm-hmm. like get everybody up and moving. I've done that, and that might be something to do in the middle. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Yeah, I don't think they're back to break dancing. I mean. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. break dancing. Maybe we could just do like a twerk line or something. Twerking is still cool, I think. Uh, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it has. If it hasn't reached dancing with the stars, then yes, it's still cool. <laughs> it's still cool, okay. Because <laughs> once it's there, Big then you know. Frida is still twerking, so it's still cool. Big Frida still does it. <laughs> You know, expression through dance. There you go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It, it, it is. It is interesting because I think so many people could benefit from the show. And, and that's why I say I, I, with the right tweaking, it can be for all ages there. It's just a matter of just trying to expand your horizons and say, okay, how do we really think on a little kids and not get in trouble (laughs) right right yeah i'm not sure if i could how i feel i could do like below a certain age that might be a little bit harder like if it was really small kids i'd probably definitely do puppets (laughs) no but definitely the high school kids there's definitely Definitely a need there yes oh yeah and for high school kids it's not that like so the first mistake to make is that they need to know information they know a lot that's the problem they know too much but bad information that's yeah that's what i'm saying they know such a mix of good and bad and so much misinformation that they need somebody to be honest and help them sift through that um and process it 
and talk to them about it in a way that, you know, where they don't feel like you're trying to um, talk down to them. And, and that's like one of the main things. Like when I go into the classroom, it's like, I'm not trying to be anybody's friend. It's not, I'm also not having a dangerous minds moment. Like I don't walk in in jeans and <laughs> boots and try to like, you know, that's not me. I'm just like, hey, I'm here to answer whatever you have. And usually they already have written questions down, but I have conversation and I let them ask me things. And like, I get, I've gotten personal stuff that I've, for me, I've always been open to answering that stuff because I always feel like it's a test. They're asking me because they don't think I'm going to answer um, the question. And then when I do, you see like almost like this relaxation in their face of like, oh, so you are here to like really talk to us about whatever, not just like feed us a line or, you know, say you're here, but you're just here to like regurgitate information. So it's a, it's a weird little line to tread. But I think it's important because there's so many, some of the questions I get make me cry. Like I, I'm still getting questions about douching with Pepsi after you, um, after you have sex so you don't get pregnant. And that was a rumor, a thing that was going around when I was in high school. Oh my God. Right. And I've, I've just, I scream yeast infection. <laughs> like don't ever do that, please. I never Wait. even heard of that. Man, I'm out of the loop oh. there. Oh, my I don't know. God. I don't even like have the one. 70s. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking that much sugar inside can't be a good thing. Oh, no. Right. Either way, <laughs> butt or front. Right. Or or we have, it's like all, all those things that I think every generation when it comes to uh, pregnancy and, and, and like sex, it's like, well, if I pull out right away. Or what if a little bit gets there? Or what if I come here? And and they are very specific about these questions where I'm like, this either happened to you <laughs> or you're like trying to figure out what you can get away with or how much you can get away with. And um, or having the conversation about condoms and sizing. Like we, ha- I had a 10 minute conversation with them about condoms because they asked well, what are some other types besides what you find in the drugstore? And I'm like, oh, there's a whole world of condoms out there that you probably, you'll never see if you don't go somewhere else besides the drugstore. And like talking to them about the why it's important to find something you like. And, you know, I'm talking to, um, in this class, it was um, all like cis guys. So there was a lot of eye rolling and a lot of them like, well, how much do, do these cost? that seems like a lot and I'm like that won't seem like a lot when you're having comfortable enjoyable sex and you don't want to like take it off and then you don't and and you and you're with somebody who's like no you need to wear it so think about that like is it worth that and having that conversation instead of like here put this condom on that it may not fit you right but you know what you should do it anyway and then that causes like a whole other host of issues that we just never address and behaviors as well that we that we're still fighting. I mean, what was the the recent whole recent the stealthing, which oh, is just put, putting a name to something that's been going on forever. But all of these sneaky things are because we don't talk to people about like, hey, maybe the condom you use is uncomfortable because it's not the right one for you. You know, like we we tell people like about jeans they write whole articles about jeans that make your butt look great but we don't ever really get articles about condom fit and brand and like why it's important and and you know why it's important to like try things out like 
get a bunch of singles and, and get a notebook. I tell people that all the time, get a notebook when they come in and they buy a bunch of singles and they're like, I'm going to see what I like. I'm like, well, you, you, you need to write it down. <laughs> right. Cause you're going to forget well, once you take off the wrapper. Yeah, they'll they'll put totally it in their phone it. and take pictures. But... <laughs> right. Something, anything like that, but it and like record it, you know, like, Hey, I tried this one and it was really tight or really uncomfortable, or even I didn't like this one, you know, just to remember, like, this is one that's in the no pile. Even if you can't verbalize why you don't like it, it's okay. You know, just remember those things. And even for, for like adults, I find like people will come in and they'll go, I don't remember. I bought, I bought a couple and I don't know which one I liked. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh, well, we got to start all over again. (laughs) Well, I think that that definitely is a problem of this generation that there, there's so much information and so many choices that it's even at times with news, I find a hard time whittling down, who's telling the truth and who's just speaking out their ass. And mm-hmm. especially in uh, a topic about sex, there, there, there's so many people out there basically just doing it for entertainment purposes without any research behind it. And then there's genuine people like you trying to spread the, ed- you know, the education to stop STDs, stop, you know, pre- unwanted pregnancy and all that. And trying to get through all that noise uh, right. is some is sometimes hard and getting you out there in person and visiting them is a great thing for them to actually see they'll they'll remember that as opposed to yet another youtube video right yeah exactly i i definitely feel that like whenever i have um had the pleasure of doing the high school classes because it's actually one of my favorite things to do you i can there's always like the section of kids i always have the class clown i always have that one kid usually it's a boy who is cracking jokes saying things under his breath but just loud enough so I can hear him (laughs) and like saying things and just asking like these questions that are just minutiae on top of minutiae on top of minutiae and I'm just I lean into it because it's like that's actually a good question or I'll answer something they say under their breath and they're like I did what and I'm like yeah I can hear you I have really good hearing (laughs) you probably have to go out in the hallway for me to not hear you so and even then I might still be able to hear you that's how good my hearing is but to be able to like deal with that and and talk to them and then there's always this handful of kids that are super interested who are asking questions who are like, oh, I want to answer that question. And so it's like, well, let me tell you my answer. And then I want to hear what you have to say, because I want to hear your opinion on it or what your take on it is. And then you have the kids who look like they are trying to sink into the floor. (laughs) (laughs) They just want to get through this class. They are like, they're very still, almost like they're trying to blend into the rest of the classroom. Like the T-Rex in the room. If you don't move, you can't be seen. Yeah. Right, exactly. (laughs) And then sometimes those kids surprise me because everybody will leave and it'll be one of those kids that comes over and thanks me and is like, thank you so much for this. And I really enjoyed it. And I was like, oh, well, I'm glad because I thought you were having a horrible time. Oh, wow. so yeah, you can't tell with teenagers. You just kind of have to hope for the best. Oh, exactly. Now, how do you do you go to the high schools to do this or is this like a like a planned parenthood area that you're teaching high schoolers? So, this is actually a uh a one teacher who has just she um 
is a client at the at Shag where I work. She uh-huh. comes in, you know, shops, and she wanted somebody to come in and talk to the kids and like kind of informal. And the first time it was before I started working there, and my bosses did it. And then after that, when I started working there, they said, "Would you like to go?" And she and I have become friends. So she just sends me an email and she's like, "Hey, you want to come talk to the kids?" So it's super informal. It's like usually end of the semester. Um, for for whatever her class and it's usually after they've gotten through their like section on sex and sexuality and so it's like a a time for them to just ask whatever and it's usually when they are in that spot of like now they only had I think 10 more days left of the of classes for Mm -hmm. for the school year so it's just kind of like a day where they don't have to be doing actual work okay but they're still learning so it's just kind of like I'm doing a favor for a friend. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. And, yeah. So it works out like that. Um, I would love to be able to do more classes in mm-hmm. like a bigger capacity. I feel like I'd be definitely more stifled and I probably wouldn't be able to talk to them about all the things that mm-hmm. I talked to them about if right. I went through the proper channels, but because I'm just like a guest in the, you know, Right. Of the teacher coming in, I can be a little bit more open with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I I don't like. I'm like, this is if this is how I give back, this is how I give back. Like, I don't need to get paid to do that. Oh, no, like, I'm, I'm OK with it. Yeah, it, it is definitely giving back because um, I used to volunteer here with my local Planned Parenthood and we would go into the high schools and teach such a, sex education. But of course, it was abstinence only. We had restrictions right. on what we could say, what we could not say, you know, especially when they were like making fun of like, oh, yeah, swingers have the most, you know, STDs and everything. And I'm like, on the contrary, they don't because they're always about safe sex and that's their main concern and consent so it's kind of different you know you you have a better chance of getting an std from a cis general heteronormal person than you would from any uh ethical non-monogamy person i mean right and they don't think about that that way you know like and that's the other thing is kind of getting in before all these biases and all these other kind of thoughts start to form like solidified not they're already there but Mm -hmm. they're they're not they're not solid yet so if you can get in there and have like a talk with them about like we um we had a talk about consent and of course there's always the like well if both people are drunk is it rape and I'm like well here's the thing if you both wake up in the morning and one of you was like I'm cool with this and the other person is not then you know there's going to be a problem and then it becomes an issue of the law and then it's going to be well who is drunker and there's all these things and i'm like so basically before you get there how about just don't drink and have sex how about that how about you make that a rule for yourself that maybe you don't mess around if you're not sober because if you're not sober and they're not sober it's going to be an issue and having those kinds of conversations now and they roll their eyes they're like well, that doesn't sound like fun. And I'm like, yeah, well, but you're asking me this question because this could happen in real life. Like, this is a real thing that could happen to you. You're going to go to college. Like, these are things that Mm -hmm. are going to come up for you. And you have to start thinking about how you're going to handle these things. Like, even as an adult, like, you know, a lot of us don't think about stuff that way when we should. Oh, absolutely. am Am I making sure that I'm getting consent, proper consent? It's not an excuse that I was drunk, you know? I, you, that for me, like I need to make sure I'm in control if that's what I'm trying to do. Um, 
And if somebody has a problem with how I acted, then I have to like be responsible for that and own up to that because I, you know, even if I was intoxicated. So it's having those kinds of talks and it's like, I feel like it's probably the only time they get something like that. A lot of the kids. And that's like kind of the scary thing is that nobody is really talking to them about that stuff or they're, or, and, and I'm, you want to hope their parents are talking to them a little bit about this kind of thing, but they're probably just telling them like, don't have sex. Yeah, exactly. Not don't drink and have sex. They're just like, don't have sex. Also, don't drink. Don't do either. <laughs> don't do drugs either. They're bad. Don't, stay away from everything. Go to the nunnery. Like, don't. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. Yeah, because uh, what do you call it? This past week, I just did a workshop about consent. And these were like grown adults that I did it. And I asked them, it's like, hey, when's the first time you learned about consent? And they said, college. And I'm like, what? Mm. Like, no, I'm like, and I, then the next question I always ask, when do you think you should learn about consent? They're like, oh, middle school. I'm like, no, when you're one years old, you mm-hmm. learn about consent that young. And it's simple as the little tickle game. You tickle, you, as they say, stop, then you stop. If they want more, you got to make sure. Are you sure? Get that affirmative. Yes. You know, and then you continue mm-hmm. the tickle and just keep building and growing from there. It, it, it's just how mind blowing that they think consent has to take so much work and effort and i said it only takes 30 seconds can i get a hug yes there you go i got consent right well it's because we're not we haven't been like Mm -hmm. i know my generation was still in that generation i was born in 81 and i was still that generation of people who whose parents made them hug everybody yeah um who like you know I, you know, I was made to give affection. I wasn't given the choice. And and when I didn't want to, I was made to. And um, I was made to uh, talk to, you know, there were certain people that you talked to. And, and like, I don't feel like, I feel like now, thank goodness, more children are being given those choices around that. And, and that's the beginning of teaching consent. Because what happens is there's such a confusion when you are not giving um, children autonomy over their bodies and what Mm -hmm. they do and how they do it. But then you're trying to teach them consent, but you're not listening to their nose in other places. Like, no, I don't want to hug this person. Or right now I don't want you to hug me or, you know, things like that. And we didn't get that at all. (laughs) We were, we were just taught stranger danger. You know, that was about (laughs) it. We were taught stranger danger, but there was no, like, you hugged whoever your mom and dad or who they told you to. You weren't allowed to, like, say no. It, it was just you you weren't really in charge of yourself. Like, I don't think I ever felt in charge of myself until I left the house. Like, yeah, that I don't makes around sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I can totally understand adults in our age range not mm-hmm. getting it. Because I didn't know that it was okay for me to say, no, I don't, I'm not a hugger or I don't hug. And I am a hugger. And it took me a long time to realize, like, don't just hug people, <laughs> you know, that you to stop and ask, is it okay? Or if I did, you know, get a little, like, start touching an arm. Someone's like, I'm very sorry. Like, I'm a toucher. That's not an excuse. Just let me know if this isn't okay. And, and I'll keep my, you know, hands by my side you're so used to just people doing things because they think, well, this is innocent touch, so it should be fine. 
Oh, yeah. I know, like, the right. first couple of times I went to a couple of the uh, sex education conference, I learned that it's like, okay, I have to ask because I'm Latina. I'm a hugger. I automatically hug everybody. But there was, mm-hmm. like, some people, it's like, they're not comfortable. So I saw their Twitch, and I'm like, okay, you know, now I know. And so when I see them again at the next conference, I'm like, you know, am I able to give you a hug? Is that okay? You know, just simple stuff like that. Because, yeah, mm-hmm. you could tell by their body language, but you get got to pay attention to that. Some people just go and they i'm like dude you just disrespected their boundaries totally and and a lot of it is we all grew up differently we all come from different backgrounds there's different you know we're taught things in different ways people have gone through different things and so to it's when you kind of reframe it as i don't know anybody's background i don't know anything about anybody like, I always look at it as think about somebody as having all of these scars over their body that maybe you can't see. And if you hug them and it could hurt them, would you do it? Like, if they were covered in scars and you knew if you hug them without asking, it might hurt them. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you would show caution and you would show care. So do you need to see something to have that same caution and care around things you may not see? And, like, that has helped me a lot, like, reminding myself, like, mm, pause, put your hands down. <laughs> Cause you know, I'm the same way as you, like, I'm, I'm like always diving, like ready to go for a hug. And now I like pause. I'm like, wait, is this cool? Okay. Proceed. Versus just going for it. Well, it's, it's funny because I've, I've kind of dealt with that with some, I'm just going to say the generation before me. Mm-hmm. And when I've kind of brought up the, you know, that may not be comfortable for them. And I always love. Not lo- I say this love in a very sarcastic way. The excuse of, oh, well, they know what I mean. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's not enough. That's not an excuse for you to keep doing what you're doing. But for, right. for some people, it is. And it, it's, it's not enough. You know, it's not enough well, to intend also, well. You've got to actually do it. But if you're saying you know what I mean, like that's the, that annoys me so much. Mm-hmm. Because if I knew what you meant, you wouldn't have to look at me and go, you know what I mean. <laughs> Clearly, I don't. And you're trying to clarify by saying, you know what I mean. No, I don't. (laughs) And if you really, truly felt I did, you wouldn't say that. You would just feel understood and keep it moving. So it's like, if you can stop to say, you know what I mean, you should be able to stop and show some care and and make sure I know what you mean or show a little bit more care about what you're doing and saying. It's kind of infuriating because, because people are willing to take time to do what feels comfortable for them but when you're like hey i need this they're like oh i can't do that well people often remember what offends them and quickly forget when they offend others and that 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 is such a sad thing it really is and haven't you gone through that with your online dating experience? Because I remember a couple of weeks ago, your your <gasps> rants were so hysterical. I, I, I couldn't breathe at some of them. I'm like, oh, my God, we got to talk about this. <laughs> Where do we start? Oh. Oh. It's so online dating is just, first of all, you know, it was, there was this, um, this, uh, gif of uh, a woman it's like just her face and then there's hot dogs being thrown <laughs> into her face I don't know if you've ever seen that oh yeah like, I, I've seen that dogs. one <laughs> it's just so that's yeah. online dating that's online dating for, for um, women folk that's because <laughs> it's, it's this constant barrage and it's always 
it's always that there's expectations. So when I signed up for OKCupid forever ago, the friend that helped me sign up, like she helped me do everything. She she wrote out my um, she wrote out my my profile thing because I really was dragging my feet and I didn't want to do it. And she's like, "You no, you should do it. You'll meet all these people. It'll be great." Because she met her her now husband on OKCupid. So she's like, you should do it. You'll meet great people. I'm like, okay. So she did all my stuff. And one of her tips she gave me, she's like, don't talk to everybody. Don't answer everybody because you don't want it to say replies frequently. (laughs) Cause I don't know if it still says that it used to say like under your name, whether or not you reply often or not. But that was one of her tips. She's like, if you're really not interested, she's like, you don't need to be you don't need to sit and go like, oh, no, thank you. She's like, also, it'll save you a lot of headache. And at first, I felt really rude doing that until I broke that rule. And I said, hi, hey, yeah, so I'm, thank you, but no, thank you. I'm not interested. You doesn't just seem like we would click. And I got cursed out, like, to the wow. point where I had to block the guy. Like, he went from calling me, telling me I had beautiful eyes and that I was hot to like that I was an ugly, fat bitch and I was an awful person and he had a lot of money and he had a, a, a great car and I, my ugly ass didn't know what he was missing and I could <gasps> suck his dick, but no, I can't suck it. And like literally because I said, hey, but no, thank you, but have a great day, I got. And I was like, oh no, I'm, you know, I'm never going to tell anybody no, thank you again. And then you get people who are like, well, you should always be polite. And I'm like, you're basically telling me I should be abused, that I should open myself up to constant abuse to make somebody else feel comfortable. And in my book, that's a big no. Like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not hurting anybody's feelings. Like, you can think I'm rude, but it's like, no answer is the same as me saying no. Mm -hmm. And why should I open myself up to whatever comes after and some and then there's been sometimes where somebody just wrote a really nice le- like letter or note and I had and so I've been like okay you know what you don't seem like you're gonna snap and I've had good responses and then there's been times when I've opened up my inbox and I've gotten three page long letters from a man who basically told me was telling me how fat, awful, and ugly I was and how I was going to read these three pages where he basically called me every monster whatever and said I would still come suck his dick after I read all of it because that's how desperate I was. So I (laughs) sent him back three pages of ha, 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 ha. I just kept writing it out until it equaled three pages and I copied and pasted it and I said suck my dick at the end. And I never heard from him again. (laughs) But I never even, he didn't even say hello. His first message to me was this awful, awful letter that he sat down to write to a woman he hadn't even said hello to. That just seems emotionally off. Right. But this is like a nutshell. And this is over a span of years. You know, thankfully, that's not every day. There are plenty of days where my inbox is empty. There are plenty of days when I'm like, oh, I have a nice lull and I'm not really talking to anybody. And then for whatever reason, Sundays have been really hot days. I get a lot of uh, I get a lot of messages on Sundays. I don't know. People are bored and sitting at home. But, you know, over a collection of years and thankfully I have a thick skin and I have social media and I get to shine a light on it. And it 
And I also have met a lot of amazing people on OkCupid, and I have partners who love me. So I have all this extra support to kind of prop me up and pad me that this kind of stuff doesn't really like get to me the way it would if I was somebody who was really looking for some companionship and open that up. Like I couldn't imagine somebody who doesn't have, you know, current partners or, and is really just kind of feeling very tender and vulnerable and opening that up. And it makes me feel so sad that that's happening to people. And that is why I rant about it (laughs) and kind of like spread the word of what really happens to women. And I feel like it's sad, but we have to say it out loud because if we don't, people like, and say it when it happens, that's the other thing. Cause I feel like when we kind of save it all up and we go, well, this is all the stuff that ever ha- happened to me. It sounds unbelievable because it is so awful. And if you sit and you tell every awful story that ever happened to you, it's going to sound unbelievable. And that's the thing that is so sad that it can be so terrifying. Like, I can tell you how many men have pulled their dick out on the New York subway and jerked off in front of me. It's 10, 10 since I I moved here when I was 15. So, and I'm 35, I'm turning 36 and it's been 10. Most of those happened when I was under the age of 22. Wow. Thankfully, apparently getting old in New York means I get to see less subway dick. I'm fine with that. (laughs) Bring on the oldness. I'm fine fine with that. Um, you know, I had a man fill me up through my puffy winter coat, um, patting me down, trying to look for a, a boob. And I was so frozen with fear because I, I didn't know if he was accidentally touching me or if he was really touching me. And the coat was so big and thick that I like kind of moved over in the coat, <laughs> like trying to get away. And I and finally, like, I got up and moved. But like he was basically filling me up and trying to like touch me and and we're packed on the train and nobody would notice and like this stuff really does happen and it can be really really scary and um that's also why I kind of get online and talk about it because after things happen to me I am a little like a little bit there's some fear because you're always like looking behind you like oh did they leave and then there's a little you're angry and it's kind of like I need to get this out and I need to do it in a way so I can laugh about it so I can go about the rest of my day like the stranger danger guy oh my goodness that day that day is that one of the ones that you read the stranger danger where I yelled that to the man in the car <laughs> I think so I was yes. waiting at the bus stop and I was going to work and I'm, I'm standing, it's not like an ambiguous bus stop. I'm next to a pole like with other people. And this guy pulls up in a car and he's like, do you need a ride? And I look around I'm like, I'm at the, I am at the bus stop, right? Yeah. No, no. I, um, in my mind, I'm like looking at him. No. And he's like winking and stuff. And I just start yelling, stranger danger. Stranger danger. <laughs> And he rolls up his window. He's all shocked. And he, like, drives away really quickly. But it was the only thing I could think to say because it was, <laughs> I don't want to ignore him because he's just going to sit there and talk to me. And there are other people around who are now looking at me like, do you know him? Why are you ignoring him? And I don't want to engage and be a smart ass and be snippy and go back and forth because who knows what will happen there. And it was like, I'm just going to scare him. 
right (laughs) so now that's all my that's my cat call um defense system for the summer is to just yell stranger danger at people i would love to see a full-grown adult screen i mean screaming that in the new york streets that, that, I'm that. gonna. I'm telling all women. If you're listening to this, <laughs> anybody, not just women, anybody who has been catcalled or gets catcalled on a regular basis, and who has to the struggle, who has to like prepare with headphones, and you know, you have to think about whether or not to wear those short shorts when it's like 200 degrees outside. Stranger danger is the way to go. Just yell it as loud as you can in their direction and i'm telling you it'll shock them one and they'll stop bothering. <laughs> yeah they'll give them flashbacks <laughs> yeah like what what or yell no i just that happened to me as i was leaving the high school actually and a man was walking towards me and i had headphones on so i see his mouth moving and i'm like is he talking to me and then he licks his lips, and I'm like, oh, no, he's talking to me. So I pull one out, and he's like, hey, hey, can I talk to you? And he goes to, like, grab my hand, and I turn my body, and I just go, no, <laughs> really loud. And he looked at me, and he goes, no, for real, no. And I'm like, no, and I just keep walking. He followed me for a little bit because I think he was confused. And then and then when I yelled no again, he stopped, and he walked away. Also because people were around, and I was just yelling no in his face. You know, it's like, no. Please, I'm not going to laugh. I'm not going to smile. Like, I used to do that. That was my kind of, like, way to get through things. But, no, I can't do that anymore. I can't. You, you know, we've talked about doing a workshop on single men how to date online. And it really should, should be for everyone. Because I, mm-hmm. I, I hear it all the time from a woman's side. From a man's point of view, it is such the opposite. I was on OkCupid for five years before I actually met anyone that I met. And all the other ones, and all the other ones were like, "Hi, how you doing? Oh my God, you're married. Don't ever talk to me again." I'm like, "It's in my profile, right. first line." Right, right. But because people don't open that up and look at it. I, I think the just... well, I think the workshop should be expanded to men how to relate to women because if guys are actually doing that on the street, there's something wrong with this with my side of the gender because that is just <laughs> retarded. Oh, it's caveman. It's, We're going back to yeah. caveman. I bump you in the if, head if and pull you your hair. If you see the club, just run. Okay. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, it all depends. If it's at a BDS dungeon, then that's kind of consensual right there. <laughs> it's it's just a mess. And it's uh, part of it is like, online, and I feel bad. Like I always, I sympathize with every nice guy who really is just looking for somebody to talk to and who is going to meet or come up into the inbox of somebody who has just gone through some stuff and who is just like, I'm not interested, but I can't even take the chance of letting you know that I'm not interested in a nice way. And, and, but I will tell you, I do have some, I've made some like guidelines. So if somebody just says, Hey, I don't respond at all. I don't even look at your profile. If you just say, Hey, um, cause I'm like, we need more than the, Hey, uh, if it, if you just start out talking about a part of my body, you don't get any response either. Um, but if somebody is taking the time to at least write like a few lines and I, I do enjoy when people put in there and it's cool if you don't get back to me, that to me always makes me feel slightly more at ease with getting in touch with you. Cause I'm like, you're already 
telling me that you're good at consent. You're giving me this thing where I feel comfortable chatting with you. And if it doesn't kind of feel right, I won't feel like I have to disappear into the bushes like Sean Spicer. (laughs) I feel like I can just, you know, those kinds of things are comforting. And that's the kind of stuff I try to give as tips when people ask me, like people, men ask me about online dating is just try to be, it's not just about being polite. It's kind of like, you do need to put out that, like, you can trust me to not be nutty with you. Like, you know, even if it's like we talk a little bit and things and maybe we're not clicking and you feel that way, like that you can feel comfortable telling me that. Cause that's, that's, a lot of the issues that's a lot of why women don't don't go forward and say anything and that's why I tell people all the time it's I I probably out of every 20 messages maybe I talk to one person because it's it's like such a crapshoot but I do talk to people I talk to people all the time I try to like I talk to people I do I look at everybody's profile so if it's if your profile is not filled out I won't talk to you. I get very angry about that. <laughs> I get so upset. Like, why didn't you fill it out? Why didn't you answer any questions? It's like you did not put any effort into your profile. So what makes you think you're going to put any effort with me? Right. Well, but that's also part of like, okay, Cupid is, I also look at like our percentage. So if you're 45%, sometimes I go look, because sometimes it's just that you haven't answered that many questions. It's not that we're not compatible. Sometimes... It's that you put that you'd have a problem dating a person of a different race. And that means you don't know that I'm black. And so, no, I'm not going to talk to you. I think people forget that too. I can't tell you how many times people don't like a lot of men don't know I'm black. Um, I've gotten your black. What? Did you not (laughs) see my profile pictures? Do you not see any of my pictures? Are you sure? You're really light. (laughs) Oh my God. Like what? You you know we come in different shades, right? <laughs> oh like, like, but you're so light. I'm like, well, you know, slavery. So yeah, you know that happens when you when you have you know, people being forced to procreate with, you know, others, and and now you end up with a gene pool that's very mixed, and you get all these wonderful shades, and sometimes we come out very very light, like me. Also, it's winter time. I'm pale. Like, <laughs> But why do I have to explain that? You know, it's like, and now I'm explaining this to you. But those things are important. Like, I do look at people's questions. I look at these stuff about sex because people have put, like, guys will put all kinds of things. Like, there is a question on there. I don't think it straight out asks about polyamory, but it kind of asks if you'd be okay with, like, if you'd be in a relationship with, with somebody who was already in a, like, relationship. So many people put no and then don't know why I don't want to talk to them. And I'm like, I'm going through your questions. I'm going to go do that before I talk to you. Like, that's part of my reconnaissance is, mm, I think I might be interested. Your profile looks neat. Let's look at your question. Oh, no, you you did the racist question. Okay, <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs> now, now, the question would be, so if you're polyamory, is that considered racism then? I mean. What? Well, we, we were talking about racist, so, I mean, right. would sexual preference be racist? Um, I don't think it's right. I think it's biased, like okay. a, a very, a very deep bias. And like, also maybe not understanding, like, I don't know. I feel like 
there are some men out there or people, I won't say just men, there's some people out there that are okay with cheating, but not okay with ethical monogamy, which is weird to me. But if you tell them that, like, when you say, oh, I'm married, and they go, oh, I know, and they're like, oh, so, like, is this a secret? And I'm like, no, we're polyamorous. Like, he has a girlfriend, and he knows, and then they stop talking to you. (laughs) We've come across that many a times. Or they'll ask you, do I have to meet your husband? And I'm like, I mean, if you want to, he's really cool. You like the Yankees, he likes the Yankees. Maybe you can watch a game together. They get weirded out by that, and I'm like, but I'm not saying you have to. it's on the table down the line if you want to, or my favorite, Oh, do I get to sleep with your other partners? Um, we haven't even slept together. Why would I? I, No, this isn't a group package. It's not a buy one, get one guy. Come on. This is not a buffet. Come on. It's not, it's not buy one, get all. It's not what's happening here. So those are some of the things that happen, but I think it's just, it's a lot of bias when it comes to, any kind of alternative, you know, whether it's, and then people get confused because it's like, oh, if you're, we're open, but we're not polyamorous, which I've gotten. And I'm like, oh, I totally get that. So it's like, you know, you can do this, but you, you're not really starting relationships. Yeah. Oh, you're the first person who got that. And I'm like, no, yeah, you know, I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> I have knowledge, you know, <laughs> I've got it. And, and that's also an issue too, is like, people don't know the minutiae of the different types of what open relationships like oh you're polyamorous y'all swing so you know would uh if i find a girl with your husband i'm like wait a minute wait a minute wait, wait, wait whoa, whoa, whoa. hold up hold it's up like, what you talking about i could be a swinger but i'm not but and and it's like but if i was and if i was that wouldn't necessarily be a part of the polyamory that might be something totally different but where like are is this what you're looking for or are you just seeing what might happen in the future I'm not sure what you're shopping for right now. So those kinds of things happen once people know that you're open. Very confusing. That's why I always, uh, I the only way I distinguish with people with a swinger and polyamory, I always say swingers are about the parts, not the hearts, that they're all about the physical sex that's get together, but no emotional connection. In polyamory, it's hearts, not parts. So you could be even non-sexual with a polyamory partner you know and still have a good time because you have that emotional connection and And sometimes it's a little mix up of everything right they cross the streams (laughs) all the time all the time oh do you have are you both on okay cupid no i haven't because i i just have no patience (laughs) (laughs) because now you can link your um your profiles you can link to oh. if so if you have if you and your partner are both on, you can link them. So I've been getting a lot of those where it's hi, my name is blah blah blah, my partner is blah blah blah. Our accounts are linked. You can go look and see. We date. We um, if you, I would love to like hang out with you alone, but if you're interested in both of us, we're both on the table. And it's kind of like this easy way to go look and see. Or or sometimes I've gotten like hey. I'm Polly, and just so you know, my partner's linked, so if you feel uncomfortable, if you're not sure if I'm really being honest with you, here's my partner, so you could go link in, and she's open to hearing from you if you want to check in. I've gotten that, too, which has been really cool, and I was like, oh, okay, that's neat. I'm glad to see an online app like that embrace it, because um, last year I did sign up for a bunch of, tried to look into other apps. You know, like, mm-hmm. okay, Cupid, there's plenty. There's a few other ones. And it was really weird because one of them had me fill out the entire profile. 
And then at the end of it said, you know, choose your relationship status. So of course I'm like married. And the moment you hit, hit, hit yes, it said, I'm sorry, you do not qualify for this site. Please oh try God. OkCupid. I'm like, oh, did damn it you. Really? Yes, it did. It, it really actually did. said, please try OkCupid. They might like you. Are you sure it wasn't um, Ashley Madison? No, it wasn't Ashley Madison. Okay. Uh, it, was only, it was another app. I'm trying to think, well, what's the other popular apps out there? Um, was it one of the, like, um, Match.com or something like that? Or No, no it's it, a, a little bit less known. Uh, what's the other one? It's not Tinder because that one you swipe. Bumble? Um, no, that's a new one on me. Haven't heard that one. All right, now I'm going to the app store and typing in dating, so I'll come up with this in just a moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we need eight and a half specifically for all of us to put variety to the, all the ethical non-monogamies. Not just the swingers, not just the, you know, Holly, Amber, BDSM. We need one to encompass all kink. Like everything, or or at least, I mean, I do like, so this is like why OkCupid has been kind of the juggernaut in like the online dating is because they actually are listening when people are telling them things. So like they've added where you can link your profiles. They now offer more choices in your relationship status and they make it very prominent. Like it's near your picture when you go look at your profile and things like that. And so a lot of the questions now they have a lot of like kink oriented questions and um, open relationship type questions and then at the bottom you know now on the bottom of your page it'll tell you like it'll say less wholesome more this or whatever like what are you into mine of course is like sex <laughs> it's just like very sex positive on the bottom of mine but I like that they've at least added in another way to kind of help identify your people mm-hmm. whereas I think with a lot of these dating apps they haven't done that yet where they don't make it easy for you to kind of cull through and and find people that have the same kind of interest sexually, um, but yeah, but Bumble, Bumble, I don't, I have not used it, but a friend of mine is very a big Bumble user, and basically it's like Tinder, but women have the control. So it where on Tinder where you both if you both like each other, then you can send a message on Bumble. Um, oh. The woman, if she likes you, she can send you a message regardless. Um, the man, if he likes you, he still has no access to send you a message unless you like him back and then you decide you want to talk to him. So it's like if you are worried about online harassment and things, Bumble is kind of like the way to go because they make it really hard for you to be harassed. You can't just get random three-page hate mail on Bumble. <laughs> I mean, you could, but it won't be in your inbox unless you liked that person. And then you would know who it was and, you know. Okay. This person. (laughs) It was plenty of fish. Oh. Oh, it was plenty of fish. It was plenty of fish. Oh. So I didn't know that you couldn't be married and beyond plenty plenty of fish. I I don't know when they changed it. So you have to lie and say you're single? Yes. And I'm like, I'm not going to start the app by starting to lie and then put in the text, by the way. I'm married in an open relationship. I wonder if people do that just to get around it, just to be on another platform. Oh, I'm sure. I'm absolutely sure. I mean, technically, you're supposed to be 18 to open up a Facebook page. But how many kids do you think lie about that? I know some infants on Facebook. So (laughs) I know some infants with Facebook pages. 
Oh, I know. My best friend has her kids' Facebook page. Like, she made it before they were born. I'm like, really? Why do we need... Oh, it's for the grandparents and family members. And I'm like, oh, God, that's just too much work and effort. (laughs) Oh, I mean, there's cats on Facebook, too, so... Yeah. (laughs) I I think Biddy needs his own Facebook page, you know? Oh, my goodness. That, you know what? That would work for like maybe a week where I would be excited about doing it and then Biddy would never talk on Facebook again. <laughs> That's what happened with Emilio the BDSM donkey. <laughs> if anybody remembers Emilio. No, I, we don't. I, so there was this donkey and he's at, I'm staring at him right now. Um, he was a, it's a stress ball shaped like a donkey. And I was at work one day and I was really bored and I covered him in electrical tape so it looked like he was wearing a gimp suit. <laughs> and then I realized at home that I had this miniature carrot from something because I hold on to everything. So I tied a piece of elastic to it and he has a, a carrot ball gag and he's wearing an electric electrical tape gimp suit. And he became Emilio the BDSM donkey. And he had a very short-lived Twitter account. Um... <laughs> where he would he would say funny things like i don't care about 50 shades of gray i want 50 shades of hay and you know (laughs) very bad punny things um yeah and in my mind i'm hearing that italian song the italian christmas donkey but it's the bdsm donkey (laughs) (laughs) he should have his own little soundtrack there (laughs) oh my goodness what? Well, we, we've done that. Uh, we took a vacation in 2012, mm-hmm. did a nice little road trip, and I got one of those little, uh, those minions, you know, the little yellow guys? Mm-hmm. And I thought it was funny, and I just happened to have a bunch of little magnets. So I glued a bunch of magnets to his feet, and they stuck. And one day I said, you know, my car doesn't have a hood ornament like the cars used to have, so I stuck them on the front of, the, of my Mini Cooper. And what do you know, at 80 miles an hour, it's stu- it stuck there. So we drove all the way from Florida through uh, Georgia, Atlanta we went to, Virginia for a while, New York out in the Hamptons, and we have this minion to the front of our car. Now, <laughs> cars would come to the left of us and pass us, mm-hmm. and you'd see all of a sudden their brake lights come on, brake suddenly, and you're like, okay, what, is there a deer, is there? And the passengers now have taken pictures of my car with this hood ornament <laughs> Oh, my goodness. And it didn't happen once. It was almost every freaking state we went through. I was like, oh, my God, if it's on Instagram or social media, now we know what happened. <laughs> now imagine that if you did so that with funny. your donkey. I can imagine. <laughs> I'm going to have to bring him out of retirement. He's been he's been hanging in my office looking sad. He's like, Biddy and I could come and do some mischief. <laughs> together. We could be together. Oh, love me again <laughs> well I, I i think the one thing definitely coming out of this conversation is if you go online you have to have a thick skin man or woman you do you do and and it's a thick skin and a sense of humor and um yeah and relax and, and low expectations and not to say that in a bad way but i think that's part of the problem on, on dating websites period is people go on thinking like, I'm going to meet the love of my life or I'm going to meet this perfect, you know, fuck part buddy or whatever it is, or they just have bad intentions period. But I think that's part of the issue is there's all these expectations. And when things aren't going right, 
you get upset and and whatever happens then from there it turns into whatever because i'm sure that guy who wrote that three-page letter maybe he started out really nice when he first started out a dating website maybe he got worn down and he couldn't take it anymore or maybe he was just always an asshole who knows but i think it's kind of like yeah thick skin lower your expectations about what's going to come out of it and and be able to laugh at things because that's gotten me through a lot of it is that i just laugh at everybody well, absolutely. Um, one of the things that it's gotten me to do is uh, on my FetLife profile, the first line is, I will guarantee you I will never send you an unsolicited dick pic. Just because I know that's what everyone expects. Hi. Hi. How you doing? Here's a dick pic. I'm like, no. We'll try to be right. a little bit more classier. I mean, I'm not against the dick pics later on, but let's start off with hi. Right. Hello. How are you? Yes. Yes, exactly. And that's, I love, I tell people that all the time. I am a fan of dicks. I like dicks. I like dick pics. I don't want it to be the way you say hello to me. I don't want it to be your profile picture. (laughs) I want want to be able to be so turned on that I ask you for it, that I'm like, we're having a moment and I'm like, you know what I'd like? I'd love to see your dick and I will like send you whatever, you know, I'd like it to be this sexy that sounds so romantic moment i know right i'll send you if you send me but i miss that like in the beginning of my inter- like really deep sex internet i felt like i got more of that more of like would you like to see this and there was never this well now i need to see your pussy you know it wasn't a demand for it it was kind of like this you know you got to be turned on and want to like do these things and then it became like this demanding or just this like look at it And I'm sad because sometimes it's a really nice dick, but I can't even tell you that because you just threw it in my face. And now I need to, like, shut it down. Mm-hmm. I can't do, you know. So regardless of the quality, no like, no one likes having a dick thrown in their face. No. No. Well, unless, unless it's... I ask for it. Exactly. That or it's part of a, a sex ed go-go skit. Right. right. <laughs> so I throw something. <laughs> but not for the teens. No. no, 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 not for the teens there. We're, we're, we're still, you know, keeping on to the uh, R-rated NC-17 crowd. <laughs> but I will ask, how did you go ahead and come up with the idea of we're going to do sex ed and we're not going to make it the staunchy, this is where the pussy is and this is where the vagina is and this is where the vulva <laughs> is and say, you know what, we, we need girls in scantily clad clothes. Because that just sounds like a like a pivotal idea. Right. Well, it was a few different things. So one, it was a little bit of, in the beginning when I was starting in sex ed, I didn't think I would ever be doing workshops. Like that in my mind was something I would never do. You know, I'm like, oh, that's not really me. Um, I've always been a person that knows way too much about random shit, especially when it comes to sex. I have a a wealth of weird knowledge because I read a lot and I pick it up and I've always been that sex friend. I've always been that friend that you have a weird question. What is this? <laughs> what, do you know what's happening to my body? I get that a lot. Or where do I go for this? Or what is this sex toy? Can we go sex toy shopping? Or can I see what you have in your sex toy case? I've always been that friend. And I was also hosting burlesque shows. So there was a lot of sitting backstage and talking and you talk about sex, you talk about everything 
and we had a party one night and I pulled out my big case of toys and I was talking to my friend about something I was showing or something like you need to get this you would love this and she looks at me and she's like you need to be doing this for other people you need to be she's like not that I don't want you to do it for me she's like but you need to be helping other people like other people could benefit from this I think people would enjoy this and I had no I'm like what am I going to do am I going to just drag my giant toy case out and talk about what's in it and that's actually how the first couple of sex at a go-go's went i would just bring a big box <laughs> full of toys and talk about things i didn't have a pussy posse yet um it was just me <laughs> i did have go-go dancers but they weren't sitting in on it and then slowly what i started figuring out is one all my friends and all the amazing people that perf do performance for us they're super smart like they have big beautiful brains um, in those big, beautiful bodies. And it was, it tickled me when you get somebody on stage that is wearing a thong and um, sequins pasties and they're sitting there talking to you very matter of factly about sex and like how your body works and all these really smart things are tumbling out and they're half naked. And I was like, I'm really enjoying this. I'm really enjoying the fact that people have been objectifying them all night and giving them money. And now they have to listen to them talk. This <laughs> makes me very happy. <laughs> and on top of that, it just became this thing of showcasing all the amazing educators and, and, and like porn performers. We've had everybody like the running the gamut, other podcasters on the show that a lot of people don't know about and wouldn't know about. And I like kind of, introducing them but not doing like an interview type thing it's kind of like how what's a what better way to get to know people than to sit around talking about sex and that was just kind of how this all happened and I love it <laughs> we love it too yeah I gotta get my husband to watch some of your shows there because I've been blessed because I've gone to the conferences and so <laughs> good stuff yeah we have a good time Oh, definitely. You should submit that for next year's Orlando Fringe because I think I, that would be fantastic. I've heard people say, and I'm like, could I do that as like... Oh, my thing? God, girl. So <laughs> you do you remember the intellectual homosexual Lucas yeah, Brooks? Oh, he's yeah. here. He's here in Orlando. I know. Yeah, I've been following because I know he's always like doing stuff and I've been cracking up at his tweets and things. I know he only brought two tank tops with him <laughs> to this trip and he doesn't... <laughs> Oh, Lordy, yes. that boy. Yes, I know. I'm going to try to hunt him down and get him on the podcast. So he, we agree to that. But yeah, no, they have burlesque shows here and they're pretty risque there. I know they're doing um, a haunted one, haunted burlesque, oh. and they're doing a showgirls and drag burlesque show. Um, oh. Cute. And I know um, Lucas is also performing with uh, Cuties and um, Corsets and Cuties on Friday and Saturday. So trying to get my schedule to go see him there and they they're risque so yeah they do have the over 21 after dark series on the orlando fringe hmm. i might have to think about it oh no no not think do yeah. just do, do. <laughs> exactly just do it. <laughs> awesome Put it on the list for next year <laughs> exactly as soon as they start uh, the uh interview process i'm like Lola, here you go. Submit. <laughs> I don't even have to remind Lucas when I see him. I'm like, you gotta put, you gotta push Lola to submit because this is, you know, if he could put his vibrators on a stage, you could put go-go dancers. 
I can do it. I can do it. Yes. Well, our time is up there. I'm glad you could join us. How can all our listeners find you, Lola? You can find me on Twitter at Dirty Lola, also at Sex at a Go-Go, but all the dirty talk and social dust, justice and titties is on <laughs> are on a, at Dirty Lola. And also you can check out more about the show at sexatagogo.com. So that, that's, you can find past podcasts and stuff about upcoming shows. And if I ever make it to Orlando Fringe, it'll be there on the website. <laughs> Definitely. I was trying to make you have you come to Orlando, period. We'll try to do that, too. So that would be yes. so much fun. <laughs> you can find me everywhere and social media at Miss Angelique Luna. Or you could also now visit us on our webpage. We've now live living a sex positive life dot com. You could listen to previous podcasts and follow our adventures. And you could reach me at let's see, Twitter or Facebook as John C. Luna. And we've, like I said, I'll reiterate, we got the webpage up and launched. So please take a look. And I'd also like to go ahead and say we finally uh, uh, have a sponsor. Yes, our first sponsor, our local dungeon, The Woodshed. They still haven't sent us all the marketing to say what we need to say as our sponsor. But they're awesome. They always have classes and workshops. Um, They are hosting an event come August called FIRE, which is Florida Intensive Rope Experience. It's a whole roping weekend, workshops, vendors. I saw a couple of the vendors. I want some new corsets. And they are getting close to selling out. Yes, it's almost sold out. So check it out on our website. Thanks, everyone. Have a good night. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.